Welcome to the Cyber Guy Podcast, your source for engaging cyber education, cyber discussions, and a look at current cyber news and trends with retired FBI Special Agent Darren Mott. Hello, friends. Welcome to this episode 99 of the Cyber Guy Podcast. I am your host, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent Darren Mott. In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the Move It Hacker Clop issue over the course that occurred over the course of the last week. Um, we're going to talk about pig butchering and how to protect uh, your loved ones from this rapidly advancing scam and a couple other news items of note that was very active in the cyber world because it has been a crazy cyber week. There's been a lot of stuff going on. I can't possibly get to it all, but I'm going to get to some highlights that are important to me that I think are important to you and go from there. So let's start with MoveIt. So what is MoveIt? MoveIt is a file transfer solution that is created by a company called Progress Software. Well, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened with this particular piece of software that has been bad in the course of the last week or so. And so I found a good website. Uh, Rapid7 has a timeline of events regarding the move it transfer problem. Um, there's a host of different critical, vulnerable, exploitable information things from CISA, the FBI, stuff like that. We're not going to necessarily read into all of those, but um, essentially I want to kind of take a look at the timeline, just kind of get an idea of how quickly these things can progress. Chances are this vulnerability has been around for quite a while. But uh, honestly, you know, the thing with with vulnerabilities is companies make software and sadly experience has shown they do not do a fantastic job of continuing to monitor vulnerabilities or even honestly look for vulnerabilities that they can then correct. And in this case, I'm not saying progress, um, solutions or progress, I'm sorry, progress software didn't do this, but certainly has caused them a problem, which they are probably not enjoying the particular um, spotlight on their company now, if you will. So let's take a look at the timeline. How did this all happen? So in about May 27 or 28, um, and according to this article, Rapid7 Services Team confirmed indicators of compromise and data exfiltration dating back to at least May 7th, 20th. In other words, this is where it started. So whatever the first indications of a problem occurred on May 27th, 28th. Progress Software publishes an advisory on a critical SQL injection vulnerability and their move it transfer solution. I mean, you could inject certain code into their software, which would give you access clearly. Um, and so then June 1st, Rapid7, again, I'm, com- I'm bringing this from the Rapid7 website. So who is Rapid7? Well, let me tell you, Rapid7 is... I should probably know that off the top of my head, but the rest of your research firm. But uh, Rapid7 is, if I read their about their page, yeah, Rapid, <laughs> there's some really fantastic updating here. But they, they provide a lot of different cybersecurity services from XDR, SIM platforms, managed threat stuff, cloud, cloud services, all that kind of stuff. So you can, if you want to go, you can go to rapid7.com, get all sorts of information about Rapid7 if you are so inclined to do so. So apologies to Rapid7 for not paying closer attention to their, <laughs> what they do, but they do a lot of different stuff. Anyway, so back to the timeline here. Um, so on June 1st, um, there was an initial analysis of the transfer attacks um, because there were multiple customers that were, had been victimized. On, also on June 1st, the security community publishes technical details and indicators of compromise regarding the incidents with MoveIt Move It, Move 7's transfer software solution. Uh, can, now, during this time frame, compromises continue. 
CISA publishes a security advisory on June 1st, um, and what was identified was a zero-day vulnerability, meaning no one knew it existed, um, and so there was no fix for it. So Mandiant, on June 2nd, attributed the attack to a threat cluster with unknown voters, meaning that someone was using it for bad things, they didn't know who it was. So on June 2nd, Velas Velociraptor releases an artifact to detect exploitation of move it file transfer critical vulnerabilities. Um, and we go on, there's a bunch of other stuff that happens. And then on June 5th, Microsoft attributes the attack to Lace Tempest, a CLOP ransomware affiliate that had previously exploited vulnerabilities in other file transfer solutions. So now we have bad guys that are using this vulnerability because a lot of companies use this tool to create ransomware, cap ransomware events um, across the globe. Um, June 5th, UK companies... Uh, disclosed breaches as victims on June 5th. Also, CLOP ransomware group claims responsibility for the zero-day attack. So they figured out how to utilize this vulnerability, this um, exploit within the software program, and start doing bad stuff with it. June 6th, the security firm Huntress releases a video allegedly reproducing the exploit chain. Uh, and also on June 6th, the CLOP ransomware group posts a communication on their leak site demanding that victim organizations contact them by June 14th to negotiate extortion fees in exchange for the deletion of stolen data. So what CLOP does in addition to ransomware, they get in their steal data first, then lock up your system, and then you really are hosed at that point. June 7th, uh, CISA publishes uh, another advisory on a, the same vulnerability. Yeah, same vulnerability. On June 9th, Progress Software updates an advisory to include a patch for a second to move it transfer vault. So they found a second vulnerability within the software, um, which was uncovered by Huntress during a third-party code review. And this got a new CVE number. So the first CVE number was 34362. This one is now 35036, which is an interesting number scheme because what that shows is that between um, June, let me look at this here, June 2nd and June 9th. So within a week, so the number of CVEs, in other words, these are common vulnerabilities and exploits that are identified and then listed as reports through CISA um, and other federal agencies. There were, you know, uh, 700 additional ones that came out between those that week. So obviously this is a huge problem that continues to go on, but we're focusing mostly on move it here. Um, then on June 12th, Rapid7 releases the full exploit chain for the vulnerability. Um, and on June 15th, progress discovers a new vulnerability, which is now 37, 35,708 is the number of the CVE, you know, so CVE 2023-35708. So that's three vulnerabilities that have been identified in the course of about a month, less than the course of two weeks. So, you know, basically to mitigate this, all move it transfer versions before May 31st are vulnerable to the first CVE. All transfer versions before June 9th are susceptible to the second one. Um, and as noted, fixed versions of the software are available. You just have to patch them. Um, but even today, so this is from today now. Um, well, this is what happened today. So June, what was that? We said June 15th. Uh, yeah, new the third vulnerability was discovered. Uh, and Progress Software updated that vulnerability today, June 19th, about three hours ago from when I'm recording this podcast. So if you are a company using the Move It Transfer solution, you need to install the latest patch, which will fix a third SQL injection vulnerability. So all these are kind of similar vulnerabilities. They use SQL injection, so an attacker can install um, code 
into the software that leads to escalated privileges and unauthorized access. So basically an attacker could submit a crafted payload to a MoveIt transfer application endpoint, which would result in modification and disclosure of MoveIt database content. Then the bad guy has access and can do, and basically he can pivot uh, and do all sorts of bad stuff on the website. So from helpnetsecurity.com, um, in CLOP, the ransomware group started disclosing the names of organizations whose data they grabbed by exploiting the first vulnerability. This includes multinational oil and gas, gas company Shell, several banks, media companies, universities, two entities of the U.S. Department of Energy, Oak Ridge Associated Universities, and a contractor at Oak Ridge National Lab, the Oregon Department of Transportation, and many more. If you, if you watched any news over the last week, there were tons and tons of these companies that were were intruded into and had data stolen and access gained over their networks because of this, th these three vulnerabilities, one of these three vulnerabilities. The problem obviously is as software is created, bad guys figure out how to exploit it happens. It's happened since time immemorial. In other words, since the first software application was created, somebody figured out how to exploit it and do bad things with it. Bad guys always figure out how to do the bad stuff first, move it. No, 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 is not unique in this situation. They're just the latest victim of it. In a month, we'll have somebody else who has a vulnerability. Now, the key thing here is if you're a company and you're using this MoveIt solution, you need to update You need to update it. And, and it's a problem is, it's a big problem is people don't, have, companies that have small cybersecurity resources or, or limited numbers may find this solution useful, the, the MoveIt transfer solution. They use it to transfer files because they need to for business or what have you. But they don't have people who can update these these devices or these patches when they need to. And so obviously the problem here is you're going to have plenty. Sorry, that's my uh, email going off. I mean, if I close my email, I, okay, maybe if I close my email, when I get this issue. So that's that was fun times. So anyway, um, you know, so you have to find solutions. You have to find help if you're a small company to figure out how to deal with these issues. Having a good patch program, in other words, being able to patch known vulnerabilities. Microsoft does it once a month and, and other companies come out with patches. But again, it's hard if you're a small company to be able to keep up on top of it because you're not reading all of these CISA reports. You don't have the time. You don't have the capable threat intelligence to do that. You don't, you don't have any threat intelligence at all. So you need to find methodologies and assistance from others to help you do that. So, you know, if you have questions on this, certainly reach out to me. Um, you can email me Darren at the cyberguy.com. Cyber is spelled C Y B U R. It's uh, my email and other information is in my show notes here. I can certainly give you some suggestions on how as a small business owner for very inexpensive means, ways to, better secure your system doesn't have to be a long-term thing it's just something you can kind of start on to go from zero to something so think about that going because obviously this move it transfer vulnerability shows the vulnerability within business again this will not be the last piece of software that is is compromised but it is what it is now in association with this particular incident because last week there was a report that several u.s government entities had been compromised but i didn't say how didn't say what it was. I assume it was move it. I'm assuming this is what we're talking about here is this particular software thing. But again, this is my problem with the government. Figure it out. I was in the government for God's sakes. And I saw this. I continue to see it now. How hard would it be to say several U.S. government entities have been compromised 
through vulnerabilities in the move it transfer so software solution. That's probably what happened, but they wouldn't say it. Again, this helps no one by not saying here's the issues. The nice thing about, I mean, there's not there's nothing nice about this incident if you are a victim. But if you are not a victim, there's plenty of intelligence that now shows you how to fix the problem. So we have to do that more. We have to share threat intelligence. We have to share situations where bad things happen and, and how to fix it. But again, if we rely on the government to do it, it's never going to happen. We need uh, us as individuals in the private sector, me meet in the private sector now, have to come up with methodology sharing capabilities to do this ourselves. The government is not going to help it because there are not people in, in place to recognize or do it correctly, regardless of, you know, whoever gets promoted, what have you. So, and so, so uh, in, because of this particular incident, this is why we get this headline from cybernews.com, Belias Petkowskis reporting. U.S. feds offer $10 million reward for info on Klopp hackers. So if you are part of the Klopp hacker group, you can get yourself $10 million by outing your gang. That would be, I would do that if it was me. I would certainly do that. But anyway, Klopp ransomware gang responsible for the recent movement vulnerability attacks enters the digital Wild West. As the U.S. De State Department promised informants a $10 million bounty for tips on gang members. So here's what the ad says. Quote, do you have information linking Klopp ransomware group to or other any other malicious cyber actors targeting U.S. critical infrastructure to a foreign government, send us a tip. The Rewards for Justice program announced the bounty on its Twitter page. I mean, <laughs> Twitter page. Okay. Clap has recently been in the spotlight as the gang who exploited a now fixed flaw, <laughs> now fixed flaw, three, three, three fixed flaws in the move it transfer software solution. Um, the gang boasted of breaches, breaching hundreds of companies. And why not? I mean, the chances are they're Russian. That's my guess. They're in Russia. And chances are they are not going to ever be caught unless they hack some Russian companies. Then they'll certainly have a problem, but whatever. So who is the Klopp Ransomware Gang? A Russian link gang that goes by different names. People in the cyber industry know the syndicate as... TA-505, Lace Tempest, Dungeon Spider, and Fin-11. The reason behind the many names is simple. The gang is quite old. It was first observed in 2019. That's not really old, but apparently in cyber world it is. A long time in the ever-changing ransomware landscape. There you go. So like many other established player, Klops operates under a ransomware as a service model. In other words, they rent their software to other affiliates, and then they get a cut from their... So, so on, probably for a lot of these particular intrusions and these, a lot of these ransomware incidents for these companies, Klopp didn't do anything. They just provided the capability. Someone else did it and, and cut them a fee. But it's their, their code, so they are ultimately responsible. But the gang employs a double extortion technique of stealing and encrypting victim data as well and then refusing to restore access unless the, if the ransom is not paid. And then they'll, they'll, ex, they'll release data and stuff like that. Now, positively, on a positive note, in 2021, Ukrainian law enforcement dealt the gang a major blow, leading to several arrests and the dismantling of the gang's server IT infrastructure, which was in the Ukraine. Um, probably not there anymore. Chances are Ukraine is a little more, is a little busier and not worrying about these actors now. But if you would like $10 million and you have any information on CLOP, um, folks, feel free to Reach out to the State Department. Give that information. If anyone's arrested, you can get $10 bucks. So almost would be meaningful to go on the dark web and do that. But So if you have time, feel free to do so. All right, one thing I want to start focusing on a little more is talking about AI because artificial intelligence is obviously a big a big buzzword in the cyber world. You have Microsoft's Bing's AI chatbot. Of course, you have ChatGPT. Google's working on their own. IBM probably is going to come up with something. AMD is doing stuff, whatever. So... 
Um, I found this interesting article on a Substack. It's from Analytics India Magazine, um, but it's called The Most Surreal AI Week Ever. So I want to kind of talk about that, to kind of talk about the good and the bad of AI, because certainly you're going to see people that say, oh, the world is going to end because of AI is going to kill everybody, blah, blah, blah. Sir, with any technology, there are people that will exploit it, will do bad things with it, but there's always positives with, with technology as well, as we'll see here with AI. So this, this guy creates an interesting little chart. You can go see it. It's called the Bellamy, B-E-L-A-M-Y is the thing at, at uh, Substack if you want to find it. Um, and the image basically talks a lot of a different thing. So this is going from last Monday, June 12th, up until Saturday, June 17th. So not quite a week, but basically a week. So on Monday, the 12th, Microsoft unveiled a voice control for a desktop version of Bing's AI chatbot. So you can basically read into it. It will hear what you're saying and do your thing. Google search um, generative experience receives new updates. Um, a, Reddit, a Reddit user leaks chat GPT docs, which shows potential new features. Um, we have later in the week, the UN chief backs the idea of a global AI watchdog like a nuclear agency. That'll be interesting to see how they do that. A German church held an AI powered service, which again, interesting because obviously AI has all the translations and all the works of the Bible and the Quran and, and, and other religious um, documents. And certainly you could put together, you just go into chat GPT and say, Hey, chat GPT, write me a, 30 minute sermon on Matthew 4, 11 through 25, whatever. So pick a, pick your favorite scripture. AI will generate a sermon you can use on that. Um, and I'm sure people, if I, if I was a pastor, I would use that just to kind of get me an idea. I wouldn't necessarily use the whole thing, but it would certainly allow you to start uh, at least get a uh, outline and a head start of doing it. I use this all the time for, for outlines and things like that. Uh, also during the week, Salesforce launched an AI cloud, which brings model the AI model to enterprises. So if you are a Salesforce customer, there's an AI solution there for you. Um, IBM achieves a breakthrough in quantum computing. That's going to be interesting to see when quantum computing actually becomes mainstream. And you have quantum computing with AI. So quantum computing is essentially very, 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 very fast computing. Um, and you add AI to that and it's going to be a crazy, crazy world out there. Um, one of the big things, I'm sure you heard this during the week, AI brings John Lennon's voice back to life. So Paul McCartney was able to take recordings of John Lennon's voice and use that and use AI to create basically the last Beatles song. It's going to come out you know, whenever they're done producing it, I'm sure. But it, it basically, John Lennon did not sing the song, but the AI allows it to do that. And actually, our Get Cyber Smart um, section of the podcast coming up, I'm going to talk a little bit about AI and voice generation and things like that. So what else happened early? Mercedes added a chat GPT to in-car voice control. So there's an add-on now if you have a Mercedes that allow you to speak to your car and have it do things for you. Um, and then the last thing, machine hack gen AI launches data lies. Obviously I have no idea what it is. So if you, if you want to look up hack, hack, machine hack and data lies, D A T A L Y Z E, feel free to do so. I didn't do it for this podcast because, um, I just failed. I failed to do so. So sorry, I'm not going to go look it up. It's something cool. I'm sure. So that's going to be, that is your AI. You're looking at AI. Um, <coughs> excuse me for the week. Sorry about that. A little cough there. So now it's time for. The Get Cyber Smart portion of the Cyber Guy podcast. This is going to be your, I don't know, five to seven minute look into this crazy, additional look into this crazy thing we call it cyber. We're going to talk about something cyber smart stuff for businesses and, of course, cyber smart stuff for individuals and things like that. How to keep yourself safe because this is a crazy world. And if we don't keep ourselves safe, 
we don't keep ourselves safe. No one is going to. So one of the things I'm going to talk about, and this is for most, both for honestly, for, um, for businesses and for individuals is the rise of audio deep fake scans. So we just talked about Paul McCartney using John Lennon's voice and AI to read, to generate a new song using John Lennon singing. And it'll sound like, it will sound like John Lennon, but we're having this, this big issue with AI is being used to recreate the sound of family members voices in order to scam people out of thousands of dollars. And there's plenty of news articles on this. This particular one is from Euronews.com. Um, and basically what happened was bad guys were able to get the voice of someone. And this is not hard with social media. Everybody's voice is out there. I mean, my voice obviously is out there in podcasts. Anybody who does a podcast, their voice is available. Anybody who does TikTok, anybody who does Instagram, all that stuff, there are voice, there are voice cuts you can take of people. AI does not need a lot to regenerate that voice. I have not done this with my own voice. I really should. That'd be interesting. Um, maybe next, my next week's podcast, I will, I will actually do a section, which will all be all AI voice control. We'll see how that works out. Maybe that, that's a good idea. I should write that down to make sure to do that. But anyway, so from a business perspective, think about this from business email compromise. So let's say you do business with a company and I have the voice of the owner. I can get, I can get use AI and as the owner, call the owner of your company and probably scam you out of a lot of money. So this creates a need in the business community to have new mechanisms in place to verify that you are talking to who you're talking to. Obviously in the cyber crime world, businesses are the top victims because that's where the money is. So you can see a lot of companies victimized by cyber criminals and you're going to see an evolution of current cyber crime matters like, like business email compromise and, and social engineering to be used to allow bad guys access to networks and accounts and stuff like that. And from an individual perspective, this is a very easy move of a common scam where a grandchild allegedly calls a grandparent and says they're, you know, been kidnapped, they're in trouble, whatever. Um, there was a lady, I saw a news article, lady lost thousands of dollars because she thought her daughter had been abducted by someone because the scammers used AI to duplicate the daughter's voice. So, we need to educate, especially our family members, friends and family members that aren't necessarily tech savvy, that um, are, um, you know, our elderly folks, and and make them aware of a what the scams are and these 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 evol the evolution of these scams, and and how these are bad and, and the issues are surrounding that, so they that they can obviously. Um, protect themselves. One other thing I want to talk about from a, from an individual protective standpoint. And if you follow me on LinkedIn, I'm talking about this all week on LinkedIn, actually on Inst Instagram too. I'm starting to do more on Instagram. It's called pig butchering. So let's talk a little bit about what pig butchering is. Basically it's, um, it's a take on romance scams where an individual will talk someone up on a dating platform, on social media, try to be their friend, try to interest them from a romantic perspective, um, because they're starting to target victims now through dating and social media apps. And as you have, and, and it gets its name because the scammer is patient. They will, they will engage you in conversation for a long period of time, ultimately to get you to invest now in cryptocurrency or other odd investment things. And because cryptocurrency is such a hot topic and people don't want to miss out on it, people are willing to invest. And what they'll do is they'll invest with you. So, hey, I'm going to put $5,000 and you put $5,000 in. I got this great platform. It's awesome. You put your money in, you see the money, go, like you see your investments increase 
And again, it's fraudulent, but you don't know that because now you can keep in mind, you're now in love. And so you've got this romance issue. You've got these other scammer, you know, the scammers doing the investing stuff and, and then things like that. And so now add on to this, a Ponzi scheme element to the scam. And what will happen is they'll allow you to pull some money out because you think you're making this money on this investment. You pull some of the money out and you're like, this is great. And you end up giving more money. There's a, there was an article in the New York post over the weekend, which got me thinking about this, where a lady lost a hundred thousand dollars, um, to this particular scam. Um, and cryptocurrency scams are now number one, uh, as far as financial loss, according to the internet crime complaint center. Um, and in 2020, this is an article from, techtarget.com, but in 2022, $5.9 billion was lost to cryptocurrency scams. So, you know, this whole pig butchering thing kind of originated out of Southeast Asia, and it comes from the Chinese phrase, Sha Pan, meaning pig butchering. So they get on these sites, they become your friends. Um, and then over the course of six months, they get you to, to, to invest with them and other things. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Money disappears, it's gone, you've been scammed, you don't realize it. So the lady in the New York Post article lost like $100,000. There were other examples of people who had lost half a million dollars. I was speaking at a conference a couple months ago, um, had mentioned this in passing a little bit, and a guy came up to me afterwards and told me he had been victimized by this. And I get these scam requests all the time on LinkedIn where someone says, hey, you know, I saw your profile on LinkedIn. I'd really like to know more about what you do. Um, and then what they'll do is they'll try to get you to go to Telegram, WhatsApp, or some other encrypted messaging system to start that conversation. And the idea is to become friends and then have you fall in love with them, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. I see them all the time. I actually, if you go to my LinkedIn, you'll find a couple posts I have where I kind of strung the person out um, kept them communicating and then posted what they said. So you can kind of see what it is. I I've tried to do it to get them into the WhatsApp, but honestly, I just don't have the patience for it anymore. I just kind of tell them to go F themselves and, and move on with their, with my life. But understand this is a huge issue. And again, this is one of those things where we really need, um, to, to invest or to, to educate our more vulnerable, our more vulnerable friends and families on this, because what will happen is the scammer will ask the victim to download a cryptocurrency investment app. Um, typically there are tiers to the app requesting some kind of minimum investment and the scammer will trade with the victim to show them how it works and show how they invest their money as well. Um, and then they'll want to trade together to earn more profits. They'll say it's safer to trade together to show the victim, to show the victim, the platform. Um, and then, and the platform again, will allow small withdrawals at first, but then ultimately you know, you'll show up and everything's gone. You'll put in hundreds of thousands of dollars and, and there's, and honestly, there is no way to get your money back. Once you've done this, the money is overseas. It's gone. You are not going to get it back regardless of how much you'd like to. Um, I can't, I, 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 it's sad when I have to tell people this online because people will reach out to me and say, hey, you know, me or a friend has been a scam. Uh, there's one guy, um, he had been scammed by a PS5 scam. Um, and sadly, I, there's nothing I could do. The, the money was gone. There was nothing. I mean, I had no way to, to, to run these people. Um, you know, they use LinkedIn accounts and, and eBay accounts to, to do the scams. And it's hard for those companies to keep on top. And so scams are out there. They continue to happen. All we can do really is educate folks as to what these threats are to try to keep them safe. So that's going to do it for episode 99 of the CyberKai podcast. I'm actually doing an interview tomorrow with a retired FBI agent. Uh, that'll be, and I'll have that later in the week. We'll just kind of talk about his career, some of the stuff he did in the cyber world. I hope you enjoy, will enjoy that. So look for that later in the week. 
Um, also, if you are a small business owner and you have questions about your cybersecurity posture or things like that, I'm going to post my Calendly link um, in the show notes and you can set up a strategy session. I'm happy to talk to you about how you can improve your cybersecurity overall. Feel free to do that. It costs you nothing to talk to me and uh, we can go from there. So I'm trying to trying to venture into that world of some, some private consulting in my free time to, uh, again, help people not become victims, help them improve their cybersecurity posture. It's mostly for businesses, not, it's not individually oriented, it's individual or oriented towards businesses. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to download this podcast and all your favorite download applications. Tell your friends, know that knowledge is protection. If we understand the threats targeting us, we can assess our risk and proceed wisely. Thanks again for listening. We will talk to you again soon.